Score North Download, Declan Goff with Rami Makloff and Matthew Collar for one more half hour here on Score North Live. Purple Daily coming up at 2 o'clock on Score North. ScoreNorth.com and the Score North app. And be sure to relive all of the Minnesota Sports Rewinders this Sunday from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. with a Minnesota Sports Rewind Marathon on Score North on AM 1500, ScoreNorth.com, or the free Score North app. Minnesota Sports Rewind available wherever you get your podcast. Also at scorenorth.com and the Score North app, Matthew Collar's latest draft sim and what would be the best move for the Vikings. Be sure to check out that piece. But for right now on Score North Live, it is time for our weekly segment of Dumb It Down, where we explain something that is complicated for you to understand. And our guest this week is Andrew Brandt. We'll get back into the show right now on Score North Live. That's right. We are trying to become more informed, more educated sports fans since we have the time to be more informed and get more educated with no actual games being played and nobody better to dumb down NFL salary caps, contracts, NFL finances at large than Andrew Brandt from the uh, MMQB, formerly of the Green Bay Packers, ESPN, and now executive director at the Morad Center at Villanova. He is an actual educator here to educate us today. Always a pleasure, Andrew. Thanks for a few minutes. How are you this afternoon? I'm good. Thanks. Good to be with you guys. Hope you guys are staying safe and healthy up there. We are, and uh, same to you, Andrew. Where where are you? Where are you based these days? I'm outside of Philadelphia. I run a program at Villanova, where I'm down the street from, and uh, been here since I left the Packers. Outstanding. And uh, again, hope all is well and safe with you. When we talk about salary caps, and it's a constant point of conversation here in Minnesota because at least since I've gotten here, they've been up against it when we talk about the salary cap both off-seasons, Andrew. is It almost seems like because they can always find a way to wiggle out of it and find more money to pay somebody and get get who they want. It almost seems like the salary cap isn't real. How how I don't know if this is the right word to use. How pliable is the salary cap? In other words, how much wiggle room is there when you're trying to find money for, for whatever reason? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to unpack here. You know, when I was at the Packers managing the cap for 10 years, and by the way, Rob Brzezinski at the Vikings does a great job. He was a colleague of mine back then, and he's still there. Um, I used to tell my staff, you know, hey, we can do anything you want. You know, when they say, can we do this? Can we sign this? Can we get this guy? Can we do that? My answer is always, we can do anything you want if we don't care about the future. So if you want to push out money, we can do anything you want. But don't come to me next year and say the same thing. And don't come to me the year after. Because the cap is self-regulating, but over a period of time. So to me, you know, when you tell a player we don't have cap room, you really it's really a choice. You know, what you're really saying is we have cap room, but it's not for you. And that's really the myth out there. When people say they don't have cap room, you can always find cap room. And the obvious way you find it is you take a big salary, you bonus it out, because bonuses are prorated, you push out money. A guy has a $10 million salary, you say, we'll give you $8 million of that right now. We've got three years left, so only $2 million counts, because it's an $8 million bonus, so you prorate out $6 million. The only problem is... If that player doesn't work out for you, you accelerate the unamortized bonus right away, and you're in big trouble. And this is where teams get in trouble. It's not paying big contracts. That's not how teams get in trouble. They get in trouble by paying, by agreeing to contracts that don't last, and they made bad decisions. 
And that's why you have these huge numbers on the cap, like 21 million for Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh and 16 million in New York Giants for Eldell Beckham. You know, if you're going to make huge contracts, you're pretty much getting in bed with that player for that time. And if you don't, you'll pay the piper. Andrew, can you explain, we always talk about on the show, of how someone will sign a five-year contract and we're like, it's really not a five-year contract, though. And, you know, you get the big average annual value. Oh, it's going to be worth $16 million a year, but that's never how the the cap is structured. How does it work to make those cap numbers uh, maybe low in the first year and then take a big spike and then not have dead cap later and, and shorter than they actually seem? Well... I'm a big fan of the the strategy and the philosophy on cap management of pay-as-you-go because, you know, the closer you can get to matching your cash to your cap, I think you're better off. In other words, take, take a player like this year, take, take Tom Brady or take Phillip Rivers. Those guys are making $25 million this year. And they're making $25 million cap this year. In other words, if and when the Colts move on from Phillip Rivers and the Bucks move on from Tom Brady, there will be no leftover charge. Nothing. So if you can pay as you go, and I realize you've got to get to a place on cap management where you have the resources to, to throw big cap numbers in there. Because otherwise, you're doing it the wrong way, in my mind. You're given a low salary and a big bonus, and you're pushing out money, and it's going to come back to haunt you. And you're going to have players out there that leave behind these huge numbers on your cap that are no longer there. As, as I keep saying, that's where you get in trouble. Not paying big salaries. It's paying big cap numbers to players no longer there. Talk with Andrew Brandt of the MMQB and executive director of the Murad Center at Villanova. He's given us a lesson in NFL financials. When a team does approach a player to restructure, to free up more money under the salary cap, what is the benefit to the player when they when they agree to that and, and decide to, to, to do what the team needs to, to free up the money? From a financial perspective, what is their benefit for it? That's a good question, you know, and I, and I think the answer depends. Sometimes in in my day, I guess I'm saying players are a little more compliant, and I never had an issue because what you're doing is you're saying, okay, like I gave the example earlier, you're supposed to make ten million this year. Let's take eight million, make it a bonus, and it's no skin off your back. It's the same exact money. It's a paper transaction that frees up money for other players. Lately, players are getting a little more aggressive. They're not saying no, but they're saying, okay, but I want that $8 million right now. You know, something like that. But I want that $8 million right now, not paid out during the season. So the payment terms become something that players can negotiate with to give up cap room. In other words, you know, I'm coming to you. I want you to help us. And the player can can reasonably say, I'll help you, but you got to help me. And not just pay me what you're going to pay me. Make it a little sweeter. Now, I haven't heard players asking for more money to do it, but I have heard a lot of better payment terms. Hmm. 
Well, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, Andrew, something we talk about a lot on the show is positional value. And, and we're going to have uh, you know, a Delvin Cook contract extension at some point here. Christian McCaffrey just signed a contract extension. When you were working with the Packers, how much of a conversation was that of, we want to spend X number of dollars on each position, or is it worth uh, you know, X number of cap space percentages to pay you know, different positions? I mean, how did you view that? Nothing hard and fast, but we did look at priorities, and the priorities are no secret to anyone who follows football. Obviously, quarterback, in my time at the Packers, we had two franchise quarterbacks, both paid at the top of the market, and that does affect other things. I mean, if you have a quarterback in in a rookie contract like Dak Prescott the past few years, you can allocate money to other things, but you know what the positions are. They're left tackle their shutdown cornerback, and their premier pass rusher beyond quarterback. Uh, the one I'm very conflicted about is what you mentioned with Cook. I get it with McCaffrey. He is the franchise. He is, they've, they've lost Greg Olson, Luke Keekley, and Cam Newton. Some of that they've lost voluntarily. But he is the best player, the key guy in the community. They had to do it. But you've got to be wary about the position, and it's unfortunate. It really is because for these players because their best earning years are in college where they're not paid and their rookie deal where they're paid low and teams have to be hesitant to sock all that money in even at age 24 25 because you got to look at the numbers for all the outliers like an emmett smith and a curtis martin most running backs fall off a cliff in their late 20s so that's a hard position to pay and I really feel for them uh, because they're fighting against a real uh, a shelf life that's unfortunate more than any other position in football. One more for you, Andrew. I know I know you got to run, but when the whole CBA negotiation was going on, I follow you on Twitter, and and I saw you pointing out time and time again that from the players' side, there really shouldn't be any urgency to get a deal done. They probably would have been better suited to play a little bit of hardball and wait with one year left on the existing CBA, and they kind of seemed forced or rushed into this vote and, and to sign a deal this offseason. If you were running the players' union, and I know there were people out there who were reporting that you were trying to attain that position and you emphatically denied it, and I believe you, Andrew, but if you were running the players' union, if you were the president of the players' union, what in there that, that the players agreed to would have been a major sticking point to you that you would have played a little bit of hardball and made the owners wait it out? My primary point was very simple. The 17th game is the headline. When we look at back at the 2020 CBA in 10, 20, 30, 50 years from now, nerds like me studying this stuff, that's the headline. A 17th game came in in 2020. And my point all along was the players did not get adequate value in return. They got some bump-ups with minimums. They got some extra uh, roster spots for practice squad and regular roster They got some increased benefits, but there's no headline there for the players. There really isn't. The increase in revenue share from 47 to 48, maybe 48.5, that's not enough. To give up that incredibly valuable asset of a 17th game was not enough. And I kept pointing out about, I'm trying to look at this as an expert that's been on both sides. And all I want to say is this is not an equitable deal. You know, I'm not in the hot take business where it's a terrible deal, it's the worst deal ever. It's not an equitable deal. 
And here's my real point. Having done contracts for the Packers for 10 years, when I did a contract where I got a really good deal on a player, it always, 100%, came back to haunt me. 100%. So it's going to come back to haunt the, the league because they got too good a deal. And how is that going to happen? I don't know. Players upset, star players, you know, half the league, the vote only went over by like 20 votes. Half the league is being dragged into an 11-year deal they don't really want. I think that sets up some potential danger, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but over the 11 years, absolutely. That's Andrew Brandt. You can read his column in the MMQB. And uh, now over at the Morad Center at Villanova in uh, out there in Philadelphia. Andrew, thanks for a few minutes, man. Stay safe, and uh, hopefully we can talk to you again soon. I always appreciate the time. Enjoy it, guys. You take care. Thanks a lot. There's Andrew Brandt joining us on Score North Live. I feel more informed. I feel more educated. I feel like I'm a smarter sports fan after that, Matthew Collar. I don't know about you. Oh, definitely. Uh, and He's so good, It's man. very interesting to hear the exact way that uh, they break it down. And, you know, as he was talking about how, you know, you can make anything work, but it might bite you in the ass later. Well, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about the Minnesota Vikings right there, right? I mean, for 2017. taking the can down the road. Yep, 2017, 2018, they were signing everybody. They were paying everybody. Everybody gets a contract. Oh, Anthony Barr, you don't want to go to the Jets? Come on back. What about 70 million? Does that work for you? Uh, and yet the bill eventually came to the Vikings, and then they couldn't afford to keep someone like Mackenzie Alexander or Trey Wayne's. Uh, although Alexander took a very reasonable deal, um, or even Everson Griffin. It seems like he thinks he can get more money somewhere else. And so, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it tells you that um, when you're in a win-now window, you do things that are sort of panicked and maybe inadvisable because everybody knows that their jobs are on the line every single year. And the Vikings will have to pay the piper eventually. These these contracts... That I think they, they did. I think, that right? Like, this offseason is well, them yeah, paying the piper. Um, unless they try and kick the can down the road again. Unless they go to somebody else and try and restructure and push some of the money down the road. Like you said, the, the guaranteed money, the bonuses are prorated. So who's to say they don't go to... I don't know who's on the contract, who's on the, the roster right now that's a candidate for this. But Well, they, they did this with Kirk Cousins, essentially. Kind of, because yeah, that's true. signing him to a contract extension was paying the piper. Because right. any way you look at it, it makes sense to let Kirk Cousins go into his third year of his contract. I mean, just from where the team is right now, how much you need to rebuild, you move on from your number one wide receiver, and you're not entirely sure that paying Kirk Cousins as one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL is worth it like it was for, say, Brett Favre, right? right. And, uh, you know, all the middling quarterbacks have the same debate, whether it's Stafford or Dak Prescott or whoever it is. So you want to be in that position where you can get a bigger sample to decide on Kirk Cousins. But instead, because of the position they put themselves in with literally no cap space, they had almost no other choice than to sign him to a contract extension, and that's because of the position they put themselves in with all those other contracts to try and keep the 2017 team together. All right, Collar. The other day here on the show, and often here on Score North Live, we do random power rankings. And the other day, we did random power rankings of candy, your oh, favorite boy. candy, top five. And Declan, young Declan over there on the other side of the glass, Stop. he put icy. As his number one candy, mm-hmm. I uh, made a poll and asked if Icy was a candy, and the two options he had were uh, y- or no 
and or actually yes and no that's stupid and 93% of you <laughs> said no that's stupid or 24 it's not a candy. of 302 voters agreed with me yes 24 out of 300 p- plus people agreed with you so Thank you. Uh, you're wrong and uh Thank he you, ki- Matt he kind of came on the air yesterday and admitted he was wrong but was condescending and name calling yes. while doing so that's right yeah who i am <laughs> so, so to give Declan yet another shot at Redemption, where he can put into Icy, where it actually belongs. Today we're doing power rankings of your favorite sugary fountain drinks. Give me the music, Declan Golf. All right. Yes, sir. Here we go. All right. Can I ask for an exception? Okay. Because I stopped. You can ask. Well, I stopped drinking. might not give it to you. I stopped drinking sugary drinks. Okay. Like seven years ago. But you have favorites from when you used to, right? I do, but okay. can I include just my diet sodas? You like, can. Okay. Can. You can. Okay, I'm just asking for an exception. Yeah, I, di- I don't drink di- anything. Di- diet sodas are a sugary fountain drink. I mean, they have less sugar, but they still have sugar, do they not? No, they don't. Uh, no sugar? No. Okay, well, we're going to include it anyways. Okay, it's, that's all I'm asking. You can get it at a fountain, if, right? If, uh, all right, yes. Okay, okay. As, as long as as long as long I can include those, like if you go I'm to a convenient, If you go to like a local gas yeah. station yep. or yep. a restaurant where you serve your own fountain, you can find diet whatever yeah. on that. Yep. Um, okay, it's, it's on the menu. So yeah, I will, I will allow it. Okay. We, will make, we will allow that exception. All right, Declan, you go first. Your top five favorite sugary fountain drinks. Declan, golf. Right, go because ahead. candy, uh, icy was my number one candy. I got five other beverages for you. Thank you. If you put a candy in here, I'm walking over there and, and I'm gonna kill does, you. It just has I'm to have sugar. Ring your neck. It just has to have sugar. Be damned. You got it. Okay. All right. Number five is Mr. Pib. I was a big Mr. Pib guy. I'm a lot like Collar. I do not drink a lot of soda. Uh, well, I know he drinks a lot of diet pib. soda, but Pib is it elite. I love it. It's a good fountain drink. I was going to ask you a question, one of my but fair ones. Your, your power rankings will reveal the answer to that question. Go ahead. Okay. Number four, Mountain Dew Code Red. Uh, as, a do former, do, man. as a former uh, avid video game player, that was the fuel to a lot of long nights staying never, up playing video games. Tyler, I've never done the Dew. Did you ever do the Dew? I was not a big Mountain Dew guy. Never no. a Dew guy. No. Mm. Especially not Code Red. I mean, that just their own. seemed like, yeah, that it's like blood. liquid cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's sugary blood. Okay. Number three, I love me, and I still drink these all the time, a cream soda. I'm a big cream soda yeah. guy. Okay. Root, not not root beer, cream soda. Cream soda, yeah. Cream soda is amazing. Number two, Arnold Palmer. I love me a good Arnie Palmer on, on a hot hold summer on, day. Hold on, hold on. Can you get an Arnold Palmer at a fountain? Uh, yeah, there, there's some people that sell it. You can, I know. I know you can find iced tea yeah, on the it's fountain. It's hard to find. You can I've find had, lemonade on the fountain. Well, you, you can, can make, make your it. own Arnold yeah, Palmer. You can make it. I think I'm going to buy it, but I don't say. Is the committee going to allow it. this? I don't think I've ever seen it, but I'll allow Should it. Should the committee allow this? It is. It is a sugary type of drink. That's all right. said. Yeah. Okay. Sugary drink. All right. Number one, Kool Aid, specifically grape Kool. Excuse me, purple Kool Aid, not purple, grape Kool Aid. Yeah. Purple Kool Aid. That's not on any fountain anywhere, man. Purple is a fruit. It's sugar. It's a sugary <laughs> beverage. I pour a crap ton of sugar into that. I don't know. Kool-Aid. I've ne- I have never seen one. that before either. I've that ne- one's a tougher sell. I, I don't know, man. You said why do you, you have to do fountain drinks. Why do you have to you be said, controversial? Rami, you said sugary beverages, said dude. sugary and fountain then, drinks. And then all Look of a sudden Look at every email and text I sent you no, about this no, segment, which no. we actually did prep for. My God. I no. said sugary fountain drink. I'm not going to argue with you. You want to put Kool-Aid? Fine. It's silly. It's not as silly as calling an icy a candy, but it's silly, but I'm not going to waste my time with this. All right. Ridiculous. So five through one, Mr. Pibb, Mountain Dew, Code Red, Cream Soda, Arnold Palmer, Kool-Aid. Those are my five best sugary beverages. Matthew Collar. 
Hold on, I'm tweeting something. <laughs> Is it about me? Well, Rami, you go then because okay. you do have an alarm system. Oh, no, no. So, uh, Mary Kay Cabot um, just tweeted out a story. Chief Strategy Officer for the Browns. Yeah. What? Okay. Uh, Paul D. Podesta. They got one of those. Discussing tr- a potential trade of Odell Beckham Jr. with the Vikings, quote, was completely false. And I'm tweeting out words like unequivocally and completely before false always make me skeptical. <laughs> I just say false. Right. I just say wrong. Right. You're a little too emphatic. Yeah. As a reporter, Thou I felt. Thou doth protest too I, much. I felt it was important at one point in my life to investigate, like, ways to figure out if people are lying. And that's definitely one of them. When they add extra words before what they're trying to say is people are lying when they it's do like that, almost so. certainly. Well, no. Certainly. certainly. It, it, it's either yes or no, man. All right. So, so. Uh, I can run down my five real quick. All right. Um, since, uh, well, I'm going to go with it. Now, this, tell me if you guys think oh this is passable. Mixing Sprite with Punch at the at the McDonald's oh, thing. Mm. I do lemonade and Sprite, so I'll allow okay, that. Okay, yeah, anything, yeah. anything okay. mixed with yeah. Sprite, not just straight you up. You guys ever just go Sprite. down the whole line and put a little bit of every drink? Uh, in suicide? Your yeah, a suicide. I've done it. That was called. That's what I called it. <laughs> I never That's what called we called it growing up. Yeah, I know it's not, it's not tasteful, okay. but yes, yeah. Yeah. suicide. Wow. All right, maybe you should have kept that one yourself. Maybe. Um, I will go Gatorade next. I don't know if you can find it necessarily in a fountain. I've seen it on a fountain, but I drink a lot of Gatorade I think in the summer. Subway just pouring sweat. They used to have that on the fountain at the local. They used to, yeah. Diet Coke from McDonald's specifically. I Dude, do not know why, but no. my gosh, McDonald's, it's delicious. You are one hundred percent right. I don't know what you do. Something about the fountains, and I think it's. I think there is a little extra carbonation in there. Maybe that's it. I think there is a little extra carbonation in the fountain drinks at McDonald's. I'm gonna go with orange juice. Does that count? Orange juice mm. as a fountain drink? Okay. How about? This is where I'm gonna put my how, foot down. How about mixing Too ginger healthy. ale with orange juice? That's All a right. weird combination. Huh? Right. I never had that. Okay, uh, well, my favorite cocktail. You can get orange juice out of a fountain you can. for some places. My favorite so. cocktail, you guys. Anybody out there who hasn't tried this? I know we're all drinking a little more these days. Uh, Jameson and ginger ale with just a splash of OJ. Oh, oh OJ. Buddy. Interesting. Oh, buddy. I'll try it, but I don't know so how I feel good. about that. Or pineapple juice. Okay, and, either um, one. Sorry to interrupt. Number one, because I know you got to give your list. Diet, oh, diet Dr. Video. P. I figured Diet video. Dr. Pepper in a landslide. I think all diet sodas are kind of trash. I no. agree. I got to say, I Completely think all agree. diet sodas are kind of trash. Awful. Not the Diet Dr. P. All right, here's it's my power ranking. Get about two and a half minutes, Rami, so you got all right. a time. Uh, number five is Sprite. I have to have a lemon-lime soda on my list, right? So Sprite is number five. Number four, Declan went Pib. So you're saying Pib over Pepper, huh? Yeah. You're Mr. Pib over yep. Dr. Pepper guy. Are you shocked by that? Because they're basically the same thing. They're very similar, but they're slight, not the same. It's like Coke and Pepsi. Like, like there's Adidas. a slight difference. Oh. I can taste the difference. Right. But it's not drastic. I prefer Dr. Pepper, though. Number three, Declan's favorite candy, an Icy. When I go to the movie theater, give me a Cherry or Cherry Coke Icy, big bag of Twizzlers, and probably some Reese's Pieces, we'd, and talk to me two or three hours make, later. We'd make a great movie date, Rami. Number two. Coca-Cola Classic. I'm going to skip right past that comment, Declan, and say number two, Coca-Cola Classic. I agree with Matthew Collar here that the the fountains at McDonald's give you the best Coca-Cola. It's it's brilliant. And then (laughs) (laughs) number one, it's staying in the Coke family, Cherry Coke, gentlemen. And this, like like I just said, Dr. Pepper, Mr. Pibb, not a huge difference. Coke, Pepsi, not a huge difference. I can taste it, but it's not that different. The difference between cherry coke and other cherry sodas is it's mm. 
vast. It's vastly better than any other cherry soda that's out there. Have you guys seen these uh, soda fountains at fast food restaurants now? With the digital touchscreen, yeah, yeah, and you have like a hundred plus options between all the different flavors and sodas that you can put together. Every time I end up at one of those, I'm just overwhelmed, and I end up just getting like the most basic thing that I know right, yeah. and you know trust what? and feel comfortable can with. Can I just replace? I'm gonna replace because now that you mentioned yeah. that, I'm replacing because I love out of the fountain for one of those things. Uh, Diet Barks root beer. Delicious. I'm putting that in number two. You know, Slide that into number two. I grew out of root beer. There was a time in my life yeah, where same. I loved root beer, and I just kind of grew out of it. Root beer is a childish drink. No, I don't think it's childish. I think just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm we, with you. We grew apart. Yeah. We grew apart, me and root right. beer. Yeah. That's why I like, that's why I put cream soda on there. Like cream soda, in my opinion, is a much better option than root beer. Somebody just forwarded me an article. I don't have time to give you a quick review of it. Uh, Tony tweets in an article that says, this is why Coke tastes better at McDonald's wow. than anywhere else. Okay. There's science so behind it. Was it was not us. No. There's actually science us. behind this. Thank you, McDonald's. That's amazing. So there are your sugary fountain drink power rankings, random power rankings, every now and then here on Score North Live. We don't have a set segment for it. Matthew Collar will stick around. He's got Purple Daily Vikings and football talk coming up next. I'll be back at 4 o'clock. Mackie and Judd with Rami. All those can be heard on 1500scorenorth.com, Score North app, and wherever you get your podcasts.